Louisiana. Murder on the beat. Something for y'all to cut up to, you know? Yeah. Everybody get your roll on. You're listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. Happy Sunday morning. This is SLC Culture, a weekly meandering through the arts, culture, and social issues of the greater Salt Lake Metroplex. I am your host, Christian Anderson, former executive director of the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art, now just a just an arts, culture, and social issue loving fool. A man without an agenda. Without an agenda, just living large in the Vivint Smart Home Arena with the team, the dream team, to my left on your radio dial is the inimitable Christy Marcy, also just living life. Just, uh, just a girl with opinions, yeah. just like I always have been. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's true. Thank you for being here this morning, Christy. Thank you for having me. In the booth is the ever-lovelorn, yet always handsome Talon Chapel. Talon, how are you doing, buddy? Well. Well. Uh, how's the jazz season wrapping up for you? Uh, it... Would be it'd be better if Houston and Portland could figure out what they're doing so that we know who they're playing in the playoffs. You know, I, do you remember at the beginning of the season that we made guesses as to how many wins the Jazz would have? I oh. seem to recall Stephen said fifty-two. Uh, do you remember what you said? I feel like I said 51. I feel like I lowballed him on the prices. I said either 50 or 51, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think we were all sort of I think we're all within the we're all within the uh, ballpark. So I think awesome. I said 70 something cuz I actually believe in the Jazz unlike you guys, you realists. Yeah, well, you know, there's always got to be one aspirational, <laughs> one aspirational person. Also, I don't really understand basketball, so. So it occurs to me this mm-hmm. is airing on Sunday morning, even though we record Tuesday. So it's the 13th. Is it the 13th? Is that Sunday I morning? I believe Sunday morning is actually the, the 14th. 14th. You want to know why? It's the Game of Thrones theme. Oh, okay. Is that what that was? Talon's having a stroke. What do we do? It's, it's also uh, the day before one of life's certainties. Death, death? and taxes. Are you dying on Monday? Uh, I'm paying taxes on Monday. <laughs> oh. Uh, and I owe oh. in this year, too. I, oh, I thanks know. for all those tax reforms. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. How, hey, uh, asking a millennial segment, Talon, uh, have you done your taxes yet? Yeah, I did mine like a month and a half ago. You overachiever. How'd it go? Uh, not well. Yeah. Mm. It went great for me this year, I have to say. Like, all politics aside, it worked out really well. The single mom, two kids angle working you? Yeah, mm. with the freelance expenses. And yeah. Nice. Uh-huh. Nice. Got a big w- fat check. Way to work the system. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and there's a logic to why I'm talking about taxes, okay? So, uh, Talon, you and I probably ended up paying in. Uh, and so our taxpayer dollars are going to a giant pot of money. Where's Steven when we need him to talk about Communism. socialism? Communism. Where's exactly. the communism? And so one of the things on a federal level, uh, you know, our money goes to, as well as a state and local level, is to the arts. Uh, you might have heard of the National Endowment for the Arts. Uh, they give away grants and they do arts programming all over the country. And even though they probably have the highest profile, thanks to Mr. Rogers and his fight for PBS funding uh, and the Mr. Rogers documentary. Uh, was it? Would you be my neighbor? Was that the name of the Mr. Yeah, Rogers I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I basically cried through that entire movie. And then my did you, kid, did you just say you didn't? 
didn't want to talk yeah. about it. But yeah, listen, now but now I'm going to tell you this. And then my kid sent me a picture the other day of Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers and some new movie that Tom Hanks is going to play Mr. Rogers. And it was Charlie was like, I think you're busy that day, Mom. <laughs> I don't think you can go to that. Yeah, it's probably not it's without bad. two boxes of tissues. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from the federal level, on the local level, uh, some of your taxpayer money goes to fund the arts as well. So this is what you call an amazing segue. You're doing great. Thank you. Uh, gives me a chance to introduce our guest for today, uh, Kat Nix. So Kat Nix is the public art coordinator? Program manager. Program manager for Salt Lake City and the Salt Lake Arts Council. Uh, welcome, Kat. Thank you. And so uh, for our regular listener um, who can think back to our UMOCA time, uh, Kat was also once upon a time one of our one of our coworkers at UMOCA. Well, it didn't overlap with you, Christy, but uh, once upon a time was one of my coworkers at UMOCA. So good to have you back and to continue to share the arts ecosystem with a with a longtime friend. Oh boy, always a pleasure. So, public art isn't that that stuff that we put on corners that everybody has opinions about? Oh my goodness, it is that stuff we put on corners, and buildings, and parks, and plazas, and everywhere in the public sphere. Okay, so uh, we are at the Vivint Smart Home Arena, one of the uh, more iconic statues in town is the uh, Malone and Stockton statues down on the plaza. That's the southeast corner. Um, is that public art or private art? Well, it's, oh, that is a zinger right off the bat. Oh, yeah, you know, well, it was a, yeah, closer to the mic, my friend. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it would be technically, it's a private commission, I I believe. Uh, It's not in the public art collection. Um, So I believe it's privately commissioned, and it is on private property. Although, I would say that a lot of the public do get to interact with those, that dream team sculpture. So... It's a slam dunk for selfies. Why do they both have balls? Shouldn't one be giving the ball to the other one? <laughs> it bothers me all the time. What, what's Carl Malone just supposed to be there without a ball? You're, what, you're just that, expecting him to just be standing there with nothing? Yeah, because he's waiting for Stockton to give him the ball. Okay, okay. Even I know that's how sports ball okay, works. Okay, if, if they had made it like one statue, like one statue where, where Stock was like lobbing it to Malone and there was a basket, then I think you'd have a good point. But the fact that they're two kind of separate statues of each kind of doing their own thing, they each need a ball. I disagree. Well, let's go back to something here. You're close enough friends with John Stockton that you just call him Stock? Like, I mean, Uh, does he come into the studio? People call him Stock. Do they? It's a beloved nickname. Is it? No. Okay. Well, you can tell I'm not a Utah know. native. Why can't it be like Stockton's elbows are out and he's holding the ball like you know he's going to throw it and then Malone's like ready for it. Well, like I, why do they both have to have no, balls? No, I think I, I, I'll concede to you. I think it'd be a, it would have been a great idea to make the statue where like if like John's throwing a pass like his hands are kind of like this and yeah. the ball is coming out of his hands and, and Malone is going to like one hand dunk it like yeah. I'll concede to you that would have been a good idea but it's not what they decided to do I got so, a lot of opinions about art as it well, turns out well this is exactly <laughs> speaking of segues this is Kat's basically day job is listening to comments like this only amplify it for how many public art pieces are there in Salt Lake City Oh, there's over 130, more like at this point, um, 150 permanent artworks. Nice. And so every one of these has this conversation to it, I assume. Yes. At some point in time, every one of these works has this conversation. Okay. So um, so trying to bring the segue in, and, and I know how to get Christy and Talon riled up. Uh, so actually, let's. what is public art, Kat? Let's start with that. So what is public art? What is the, essence, the quintessence of your job? Mm, the quintessence of my job? Well, public art is um, 
I would say that it's an incredibly powerful tool. The beauty of public art is that it's free and accessible to the public. It's always in the public sphere, whether in a public building or like I mentioned earlier, a plaza, a skate park, um, city and county building, something like that that's in the public right of way. Um, I would say that the power of public art and the big takeaways that we like to talk about and why it matters is that it's an incredible incredible economic driver mm-hmm. and the fact that um, it allows this incredible way for residents and visitors to connect with place. Um, when we see ourselves reflected in that art, we um, have a, a big connection with it and we attach to it. And um, as far as a driver of attachment, uh, being able, the aesthetics of place and public art that creates a dialogue and a memory and a, a experience for the public mm. is something that's it's just an incredible tool for our communities to have. And um, that's one of the beautiful things. It's also, there's lots of data around economic um, driving and vitality, but then also um, public health that reduces stress. What? Oh. Okay, I was going to say, okay, it goes for the stress. So quality of life. Quality of life reduces stress, uh, self-efficacy. When we see ourselves, we feel like we are situated in time and place and space, and it's an incredible thing. Okay, thinking about the the reflecting community, um, being of a place, I I don't remember. Are you from Utah? Yep, grew up in Utah. Uh, What part? Ogden, Utah. Ogden, Talon, you are from Davis County. Layton, yes. Yeah, about right in between uh, Ogden and Salt Lake City. Okay. Christy, where are you from today? Oh, we've never talked about this before on the radio, well, have we? Well, you, you've, you've been from several places depending on when it's convenient, so I just want to know where you're from today. I am from a combination of northeastern Ohio and central Kentucky. Okay. So, take your pick. Which is better going to be? Okay, I'll, I'll pose my question, then you can pick the place you're from. Okay, great. Okay, so uh, I grew up in Minneapolis, and when we think of uh, public art in Minneapolis, the cherry on the spoon uh, statue by Klaus Oldenburg is sort of representative of the iconic public art of, of Minneapolis, with the exception of now Mary Tyler Moore throwing her bray into the air and has taken over. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a Johnny, a Mary come lately, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But, I mean, um, in the airport, on your shot glasses, on your uh, snow globes, and all of that sort of stuff, this... Uh, the Klaus Oldenburg cherry on the spoon became representative of Minneapolis and became sort of part of the heart and soul of, of this community. Um, and so I'm trying to think of public art experiences growing up. Um, Kat, you and I, uh, you and I, Try let's try to do something in the greater Ogden area, but if not, maybe from our from our professional experience. But something of your growing upness. So uh, anyway, Talon, let's start with you. Let's ask the millennial um, if there is a public artwork that you think of that Layton O Town something like that. Uh, the public art in Ogden is actually great uh, when you go there. When you're going down to Historic Twenty Fourth Street, uh, lots of great public art. I, I love the uh, is I. <laughs> Now I haven't been there in a little while. I'm, str- I'm struggling to remember if it's Logan or Ogden. That has the is it the buffalo or the horses? Like the horses. horses, and then Logan is buffaloes. Um, but yeah, those, those are really cool. They're they're the ones that are like painted differently uh, to those, depict different scenes or or. So they did like 25 of them in different community groups. Or artists and got to yeah. Yeah. that sort of Lots project. Lots of cities did that in the 2000s when I lived in DC. It was all donkeys and elephants, mm. and mm. yeah, it's cool. But uh, uh, and I and I know there are more. But uh, Kat, you'll have to remind me some of the other really good ones at Ogden. Yeah. I I think one of my most iconic is the pioneer writing or the cowboy on one of the sides oh, of the building. Yes. A huge mural. Yes. 
mm-hmm. makes Ogden feel connected to its roots, I would say. Is that one of those places when you're away from home and you come back, you see that and you're like, ah, I'm home. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's of a place, right? Yeah. yeah. Ogden has a distinct upbringing. So I, every time I go to Ogden and it's nostalgic and it's like, yep, that's that's O-Town. Mm-hmm. I love Ogden. I do too. And I think that in, in terms of art, and this is maybe just my perception and not accurate, but it feels like their thriving art scene is because they don't quite have the ordinances and bylaws set up. And so they just get to do whatever is cutting edge and what's happening. And then they're building their ordinances and city policies around that. And so what flies in Ogden, I'm continually amazed with pianos on the sidewalks and Nurture the Creative Mind doing great work and their murals and Ogden's Ogden's on the up and up. Mm, it's legit. It's legit. Too legit to quit. Except I won't you, quit it. Nope. Great mm-hmm. uh, burgeoning food scene too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Christy, uh, what mm-hmm. community are you going to be from to answer this question? Well, I mean, the bad news is that I grew up in rural areas in both places. And so th- I was not surrounded by public art in any way, shape or form when I was a kid. But I remember one time I went on a field trip to the Cleveland Museum of Art and there is like one of the most iconic, ugly public art structures is in Cleveland. It's a stamp that says free on it and it's gigantic. And I remember even as a kid being like, like I had the same feeling as a kid that I have now when I drive to Wendover and see the tennis ball tree. Just like, hmm. It's the tree of life. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, tree of Utah. is that what it tree is? Tree of Utah. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Why? Um, because there was a Swedish artist that somehow fell in love with oh, the Oh, I see why you're and, defending it now. And oh. they are going to build a visitor center pull-out there so you can stop and look that at it. That would be nice because right now there's no explanation for it at all. And I think that's part of the reason it's so bewildering to people. So it stir- I like that it's bewildering. Yeah, so yeah. it stirs emotion in you. Mm-hmm. It certainly does. Contemporary. It does. Hashtag it does. contemporary art. Uh-huh. <laughs> love it or hate it. You just can't. It's there. It's not apathy. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Let's. Uh, so let's let's move. Uh, let's move from the feeling of nostalgia to the place making of where you're from in a community. To step back and uh, we are world travelers. Uh, I mean, Talon goes to Hawaii. Uh, Aloha, Talon. It's both hello and goodbye. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. What great. does Ohana mean? Um, yeah, seventeen. <laughs> oh wait, do you really not know? No. Oh, <laughs> I thought I, that was a joke because you hear it about it thousand times whenever you go there. Ohana means family. What oh, does it? Yes. No. Oh, I've never been to Hawaii. Oh, I'm Aww. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Next time? Um, all right. In our travels, I mean, where's something um, for in another community that has used public art to create place? And I will not go first this time because I did the cherry on the spoon first. Someone else go first. Okay. I'll go first. Nice cat. Way to take the leadership reins. Sure. Co-host material right here. Oh, boy. Um, Hi. <laughs> no one could replace you. Christy. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think there's some really obvious ones, like the Heads on Easter Island or the St. Louis Arch. or on Easter Island. I want to come back to that, but okay. Yeah. St. Louis yeah. Arch, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, I think that there's these really iconic pieces all over the world when we think Cloudgate and Chicago. Thank you for not calling it the bean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has a an actual title, and, uh, but the bean's pretty good. Yeah. Anish Kapoor being the artist, but it mm-hmm. is Cloudgate. And I recently saw it misspelled Amish Kapoor, which I don't know who Amish Kapoor Ooh, is. I but like that. I assume I that like it's that. people that make furniture. They did not use electricity. No, did electricity not. no electricity was used. Is Amish. that young Kapoor for Amish people? <laughs> it might be. Maybe. It might be. We're multi. We're a multicultural cultural 
show here. Um, have you been to the Bean? I have been to mm. the Bean. The, to Cloudgate? Please I call love Chicago. Cloudgate. Mm. Won't happen again. <laughs> Probably will. Uh, Ms. Marcy? Yes? Uh, as, a, as a global traveler, um, have you had a have you had a public art place that has defined a, a trip or a, or a cross cultural experience for you? I've only been to Utah, Kentucky, and Ohio in my whole life. You lived in Washington D.C. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I mean, I think that a lot of times the architecture is what I notice. So, are we counting that as public art, or well, is that I, different? I, I still want to go back to the Easter Island heads yeah. as public art. I didn't realize that we had to have been to this place. I was talking in a way that these oh. artists able to celebrate their culture and without them, we wouldn't have the capacity to see what humans history and storytelling and I was thinking of iconic pieces of public art. But mm. I mean maybe the heads on Easter Island are public art, but they sure are iconic. Mm. That that is true. Um what did you pick? I didn't pick anything. No. Architecture in architecture. Chicago, though. Back there, they have the best architecture tour on the river. It's so exciting. Well, it's amazing when you burn an entire town and have to rebuild it from scratch, how you can uh, how you can do a little different city planning. And you build out of non-flammable materials. Uh, all right, Christy. Yes. I don't. I'd, I'd pass. All right. <laughs> Aloha, Talon. Uh, actually, I'm, I guess I'm going to do the homer pick here, but it's, it's one that sticks out to my mind is the... the one on the east entrance of the Salt Palace, all of the signs, all the street signs that oh, have the words in them that uh, have uh-huh. have you are, you are here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was gonna say you I, can you can probably explain that much better than I, I could. I, I, I was on the selection committee for that. Oh, perfect. Right? So you're welcome. It's uh, one of my favorites in Salt Lake too. Well, it's interesting, and this actually talks a little bit about the process of public art in the fact that. Um, there's a lot of intention, and I think this actually speaks to Stockton and Malone too, behind what a wor- what type of work it is and the place that it's in. So the Salt Palace and the county were actually paying for the sign that you were talking about that you are here. And in the request of what they wanted for an artist, um, they wanted something that very specifically had placemaking elements as a convention center and as a place to gather. For them, they wanted something that that was sort of the the key for what it is they wanted. And they also wanted something that was you know durable and uh, people are saying selfie worthy these days, which drives me a little bit crazy. They also use the word iconic, which also drives me crazy for various <laughs> reasons. I'll go on my rant about that in a second. But in terms of thinking about what the Salt Palace wanted as a convention center and as a gathering place for the city, I think it turned out to be incredibly successful. And I'm glad that it resonates with you. So a lot of people take pictures in front of that thing. You know what? I, I was going to say, I don't know. You, 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 sorry, sorry to interject, but no. like, how can you be mad at selfie worthy? That's like, that's my like, point. Like, like, Public art speaking. is like that's what it's for now. I, I I can understand why you'd why you'd have your trepidations about that, but like really, that is one of the biggest driving forces for public art now. I, is well, to I, is to take a selfie. And I think trends. I mean, millennials want an experience and a memory, and more than a material acquisition or a thing. And so, be able to take a memory in a moment in time. You do know a memory doesn't it. exist in a device. Sure, right? sure, sure. But it jogs. It I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. We're millennials. We don't know. I, I well, I'm hoping I'm just going to have be able to attach my phone to my brain at some point because I'm not going to be able to remember all these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go. And I have read articles about museums struggling with the same. Mm-hmm. Issues with with selfies and how it clogs up the line to the Mona Lisa and 
I, I do not object to selfie worthy when it is appropriate for the context of the art. Um, however, like I, I want to take the, um, there's no way to make this not sound like a humble brag. So I apologize ahead uh, of time. Here we go. I know, I know. I'm Buffalo smart. I'm sorry. Cups. I'm sorry. But, um, so thinking about how Salt Lake City deals with monuments and memorials, I mean, there are times when selfie worthy is incredibly important, but then I think that there are times when we're doing something that's a little bit more reflective or contemplative where people need to particularly be in a moment. And so it really depends what the intent of the call for art is. And my issue with selfie worthy is not that it is not important for particular times, but I feel like it's thrown on everything. As is, everyone asks for iconic work. That's like saying, I want to go and have a good meal. Well, who wants to go and have a bad meal? Of course you want to have iconic work. But work becomes iconic. You do not buy iconic work. It becomes iconic. And and so that I feel like we use a lot of these terms, putting the cart before the horse. That's my only. I feel that's fair. But when you market a city and when you're showing pictures of your city, what are the things that you often most show is public art? I mm-hmm. mean, that's the facing image that you're putting on for visitors and residents to come and see what your place is about. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in a sense of like what's iconic to that place is almost just like, yeah, what's what's in that sphere. But you're right. Maybe it's it takes time. You don't know what's going to be iconic. You, you don't. And I think that. Most cities, I would argue, and, and again, this is your this is your bailiwick. Who I got to use the word bailiwick. Um, the iconic art is stuff that you might not have guessed would become iconic because otherwise it's a little bit kitschy. Um, like the cherry on the spoon. There's nothing about cherries or spoons that are historically have to do with Minneapolis. I mean, Cloudgate in and of itself. Like if that there's nothing in that inherent form that says. Chicago. I mean, there's a lot of these cases wherein public art has become something that it, that becomes something that is incredible because of what it is, as opposed to. I mean, we have all sorts of sculptures of seagulls, and there are sugar beets, and there's all sorts of things that become kitschified, and that's that's my problem. Is when you try to iconify a city down to its tropes, it falls short. I would argue. You know what? That's a good argument. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks, Kat. I don't, I don't. Good job. <laughs> yeah, feel free. We're here for spirited debate. Um, I can do my international one, though, if people people want. Okay. We want. Um, so, I think that, um, and I would argue this might be the most iconic, well, I don't know if it's the most one, but I, uh, Christ the Redeemer in Rio de Janeiro, it's hard to think of something uh, as a work of art that is not more identified as a placemaking thing for a city. Kind of, I mean, I'm going to argue the Eiffel Tower is architecture. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if the Eiffel Tower identifies Paris as architecture, you know, there is nothing more Rio de Janeiro than Christ Redentor. I would not disagree with you. So, you know, I don't know. Good. You've Sorry, I, 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 I couldn't argue because I haven't seen very many international works because uh, they I haven't really been outside the country a whole lot, so I don't remember any ones outside the country. I can only talk stateside. You've seen pictures, so that's the point, right? Like, oh, you, when well, you didn't see you that, say what, didn't you say you'd been there though? Um, I thought we were talking. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I perhaps I put <laughs> I, I put too much restriction on it. My bad. My bad. Mm. My bad. Um, so you haven't been there. To Rio? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have been to Rio. Oh, okay. But. I'm going to fly 10. 
<laughs> Weren't you a traveling circus performer slash Michelin star winning chef in Rio? Isn't that the way I remember the story? I, I was a traveling circus performer, not in Rio. And I was a James Beard award winning <laughs> chef, also not in Rio. Separate things. Uh, I was giving oh, a, I'm sorry. I was giving a talk at a United Nations uh. <laughs> UNESCO conference in Rio. I mean, if you keep, keep it straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Let's talk about the importance. So we talk about international. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of local artists and what a public art collection can do to support not just the cultural vitality of a city, but support a local arts community. Absolutely. Um, The importance of local artists and local artwork can't be underestimated. Um, What's really exciting with local artists and is they are the ones who can interpret the site's history best. I mean, their solutions grow from place and they know exactly the story behind it and the history and are able to interpret that. And um, what's great about local artists is that in the local community when they attach to these pieces is um, we value our artists as contributors and they can often become civic and social leaders in the civic engagement process and we're able to view our issues and challenges through a different lens which is an incredible unique positioning of local artists. Can you give an example of such a such a thing? Yeah, I mean, locally, well, in Utah, I don't have, but I just was reviewing the 2018 Public Art Network Year in Review art pieces, and one of the artists had this really great, um, I mean, there's trends in, like, social justice and inclusion, too, Mm -hmm. and what do we we look like when we um, uh, commission... uh, Statues, and this particular statue was an an Afro pic Mm -hmm. with a black empowerment fist raised in the air, and I think it's paying homage to the you know I'll have to think about the artist and and where this piece is located, but it was just really powerful and Mm -hmm. something local too. I mean, not talking about civic engagement more so, but the artist's ability to interpret site and history. Is Mm -hmm. we just completed the Fire Station Three Public Art Project at the new Fire Station, which is the second. Lead Gold Certified Best There Is Fire Station in the Country. And the local artist, Sarinda Jones, uh, she was given feedback from the Sugar House Community Council and the firefighters about what those artwork goals would mean. And um, this, the Sugar House Community Council really wanted it to reflect Sugar House and its unique character and identity. And I think Sarinda did an incredible job at that. And she also tied in the firefighters' experience and invited them to her workshop to participate in one of her pieces called Parley's Undercurrent. And so this one artwork interpreted local site history, the Parley's Undercurrent, which is a huge part of Sugar House history, and then also allowed the firefighters to have this experience in contributing to this artwork. Um, And it's installed and it's incredible. And the firefighters are so excited about it and we're really invested in Sarinda's work. And so building those relationships is so important. But so that's, that's more of a how a local artists can interpret site history and really give back to you know a, a wide variety of community but as far as civic engagement I think that artists integrated on any sort of design team or interpreting social issues couldn't be more important I think Candy Chang is one of my favorite artists because she encourages um, dialogue around really vulnerable issue, issues like mental health and what does that look like? There's another artwork that was in um, Pan Year in Review about a woman who is incarcerated and um, 
I'm going to have to find the names of these artists, but she had a maze in part of the mural that was, you know, kind of a commentary on what that process looks like from someone incarcerated and from their release date and, and how hard it is to navigate and what are the resources that we're able to provide them. So there's incredible artists who are able to interpret our um, challenges that we're currently facing. And I think they're perfectly situated to do that in an abstract, important way. Um thinking locally on this, I feel like one of the strengths of our community, and perhaps it has to do with our position in the Intermountain West, is we have a lot of uh, public artworks or people in the arts community that are working on issues of the environment, whether it's air quality or water, um, national parks and lands, bears ears. I mean, so there's murals all over town that are addressing uh, land use and land issues. Um, is it the Seven Canyons? Seven, seven, seven Canyon Trust. Seven Canyon Trust. And so, I mean, so sculptures and paintings. And so I think we're highly engaged in those conversations because of where we are. I think when you go out east, um, I mean, people are generally ecologically conscientious but it doesn't have the same it's so overdeveloped that it doesn't quite have the same dialogue that we have here um, and also thinking about artists that are tackling interesting social issues um, there is a metal sculpture mural that is on the outside of Water Witch and um, Jade Market on Harvey Milk Boulevard between 200 West and Jefferson Avenue south side um, that's 10,000, if memory serves correctly, it's 10,000 years of labor in Utah. I'm talking from the indigenous tribes all the way up through, uh, you know, World War II to today's sort of tech boom. Um, and it also, the artist Mark Hoffling and, oh, what was Mark's partner? I need to remember this. But really um, went out of their way to inject um, women's women in the history of labor in Utah from, from you know, Native American times to now. Um, and, you know, even thinking about you know, issues like Joe Hill. So that is a tremendous case where a public artwork, and actually I need to talk about if that's public art because I know the RDA was involved in it, but you know, where an artist is tackling issues of like labor and gender inequality and how women are represented in the history of labor. So it, that's a perfect example of how artists can interpret and yeah, be civic and social leaders. Ms. Marcy, I feel like I've been talking over you. I apologize. Well, this is your area of expertise, Christian, so I just don't feel like I... I'm sure that all of our sports radio listeners are are riveted to your down-in-the-weeds conversation about public art, but I don't feel like I necessarily can contribute anything of value that you have not already contributed. Have you been to Boston? Who, me? You, yeah. Yes. Have you been to Fenway Park? Yes. What about the statue of Ted Williams outside of Fenway? What about it? Yeah, you're a baseball aficionado. I mean, selfie-worthy, yeah. one, public art, two, yeah, civic pride in the, in the great American pastime. Yeah, but in terms of sense of place, it's the green monster, right? Like, that's your, that's your Fenway icon, hmm. I would argue. All right. What about uh, what about other? I mean, other than building a baseball field in the middle of a cornfield in I in Iowa, what other sports related? And tell, and I will throw this to you as our sports uh, or other sports aficionado. Uh, so, sports as a community engagement meets art, a la you know our Stockton and Malone. I mean, I'm trying to think of the statue of Vince Lombardi outside of mm-hmm. Lambeau Field. Yeah. What else we got, Talon? Uh, it' funny that you bring up Boston because I actually have a selfie of me with a, a statue of Red Auerbach mm. uh, on a bench near um, Quincy Market. Hashtag selfie worthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to see. Can anyone else? Th- I'm blanking on some others. I, I know I know some. I'm just blanking right now. Mm. Mm. Oh, there's the statue of uh, David Beckham outside of uh, LA Galaxy Stadium. There you go. 
by back to your soccer tie-in, Cat. Cat was a soccer star. Oh, I don't know if I would say star. But. There's Cristiano Ronaldo's statue outside of an airport in Portugal, which, is which has weird, been is... re, it's been redone. Oh, Calm yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. So there's old version and new version. Hopefully the old version has uh, been melted down into silverware or something. Actually, let's. And speaking of social issues, meet sports. Uh, the Joe Lewis's fist in Detroit on the uh, on the river is one of the most iconic artworks in the city of Detroit uh, and speaks to social inequalities, speaks to sports, uh, speaks to the history of uh, of Detroit as an industrial city and the African-American community's history of that. So there you go. That is a shining example. <laughs> I, you know, Kat, I'm not your boss anymore. You don't have to validate me all the time, but I love it. I, it's great. I know. It's just, it's a good example. I don't know. Spirited debate against that? How am I supposed to debate that? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to debate against me when I'm right all the time. Oh, boy. Oh, no one said that. But. <laughs> oh, Christian. You know, should we should we hand things... Do you like, do you like music, Kat? You just never know when to oh, shut gosh. up. <laughs> Fair. Kat, uh, do you like music? Of course. Well, you know, Christy uh, was a... Is? Was? Whiz? Are you still uh, a music critic? I am on pause, but I'm working on something uh, that we uh, can talk about maybe in a few weeks, right. hopefully. Dope. Um, but can you give us the musical highlights for this week? Um, and also, when are we going to be able to announce, when are we going to be able to do our spring concert series lineup show? Well, I think that Red Butte's announcements come out next week, Ooh. and I think that Red Butte is the only venue that, that still, and they've done a lot of sneak peeks this year, but I think they're still the only one, like, Usano's already announced their stuff. So I think after the Red Butte announcements, maybe before the tickets go on sale is when we should do that. Can we and we have to wait on Twilight's lineup too, right? Or do we not want to wait? We on would have. Well, Twilight's lineup doesn't come out until like May. Oh, it's a ways so. out. Well, you know, May is only a couple weeks away. But we will we'll we'll figure out when that time is. But anyways, Ogden Twilight already announced. Speaking of Ogden, and it's awesome. Well, so. we don't spoil our our summer music planning show, which is always a very popular one, but give us this week's highlights of do's okay. and don'ts. So, I've got to tell you, and you know, I'm a, I do a lot of like him and Han about like, maybe this will be good, maybe this won't be good, whatever. Um, but there is a show uh, on Monday, tomorrow, for people listening to the show uh, that I am more excited about on tax I, on tax day uh-huh. and i have not been excited about this show in a very long time it must not be the beach boys it is not the beach boys <laughs> i mean i was excited to complain about the beach boys but um okay so this group uh, has had elton john bruce springsteen and barack obama spotted at their shows um, they are playing at the State Room, mm-hmm. which is incredible on its own. NPR has called them the essence of rock and roll. And Rolling Stone said that um, that their front man is like 70 stones, but dirtier. The New York Dolls, but tighter. And Jerry Lee Lewis, but Westerbergier. Um, and their name is uh, Low Cut Connie. And um, I think everybody should go to that show because I think it's going to be kind of amazing given the buzz around this band to see them at a venue that holds 250 people. So you're saying get your tickets now? I'm saying go to Low Cut Connie and I'll see you there. Okay. Oh, uh, you're, you're going to that one. I'm going to go to that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Wednesday, April 17th, Christopher Cross is going to be at the complex. What? I hear if he you makes you caught. jump. Jump. Yeah, if you get caught between the new the moon and New York City, 
Christopher Cross, like the co-captain of Boat Rock with Michael McDonald. He's going, or if Yacht Rock, he's going to be yeah. in Salt Lake City. But the, well, the best e- that can happen if you get caught between the moon and New York City is to fall in love. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I wish Stephen were here. He would be excited about this. <laughs> Talking about Where, him like wherever he's you, dead. Wherever you are, Stephen. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Uh, and then a show that I do not recommend, but is worth mentioning. Um, the first outdoor concert of the season is... Th- what day? 420. <laughs> Th- this is not a coincidence, right? This is... Uh, Usana does a show like this every year on 420. It is their grand opening. I think last year it snowed. Um, it's Nas and 2 Chains. But they do something like this every year, like some 420 appropriate booking, and it's the kickoff to concert season. Hmm. So there you go. So the so low cut Connie, yes. Christopher Cross, sure, why not? Um, Usana, never if you can help it. Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's all I got. Only three this week. I know. There's really not much. When when do we hit high gear? May. Mm, Memorial yeah. Day? Yeah, summer concert season mm. will kick in. What are we going to do? Just watch jazz playoffs all the oh, time? No. Right? Mm. March Madness is <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, Talon shakes his head, yeah. yeah, yeah. Talon, how many rounds are we getting through? Hopefully one. Wow. Oh. That's, That's cynical. It? Bring in the well, optimist. Well, oh. it, uh, it, like as I mentioned earlier, we still got to figure out who's going to fall to the three four five matchups and uh if the jazz are playing houston i'm not going to be very uh enthusiastic about that if they're playing portland i would be more but then if they do play portland and beat portland then they've probably got golden state in the next round and i think we can all we all know what's going to happen in that uh golden state in five five would be great considering that they thoroughly trounced the jazz uh was three years ago when they played them in the playoffs in four games so clean sweep so I, I would take a win over the over the Warriors shooting at the walls of heartache bang bang music reference no that was, okay. that was good that right. was good thank you D- uh, Kat what's your favorite music venue you know the state room is fun I love the state room state room is the perfect music venue I think yeah I think it's mm-hmm. you can dance it's smaller it's intimate with the band you can sit I think it's awesome is there public art nearby there's a mural on their wall. Boom. Christy, yeah, look at you. that I know. Um, I went to the stateroom last weekend for a Tom Petty tribute band called Petty Theft. Mm. And um, they were lined up out the door when I went to the bayou at 7, and the doors didn't open until 8, because the thing that's great about the stateroom is that they do have seating. And the silver-haired Tom Petty tribute band set definitely wanted to take advantage of the pew seating. So, there you go. And it's pew seating. Mm -hmm. I mean... It is. Can you get better than that? Have you ever been to the stateroom? I have not. Never really. Uh, so it's a converted children's theater. So the sounds great, and the you know, so it's it's yeah, it's great. Hmm. You should go to there. You should go to Low Cut Connie. Uh, maybe I'll probably be saving my money because I have to pay <laughs> into the government. I honestly think that like this band hasn't hit yet. I think tickets are like fifteen bucks. I don't think they're that much. Hmm. Well, so. my birthday's coming up. It is not. <laughs> It is not coming up. 
Um, okay, we're back to public art. Um, Kat, are there any opportunities for local artists uh, coming up that you would like to share with our with our listenership uh, that they might have some opportunities to, if they are artists, uh, to think about? Or, you know, everyone's got an aunt or a cousin or a brother who's an artist, so, you know. <laughs> There's so many opportunities right now. We're really excited. It's a really busy time for us. We have a really great opportunity at the airport called the new SLC Art Wall. It is a national opportunity. The commission is very sizable. It's $235,000. Very exciting. Um, it's got That's a, a lot of watercolors. Well, we right now it's a request for qualifications, so we don't know what an artist might or an artist-led team might propose for that space. But we're hoping that it it you know accomplishes all the artwork goals. Some being that it reflects Utah's people, culture, landscape, um, people's not landscape. No, I no I agree with this. And so, where in the airport is it located? Right out of the TSA security checkpoint. And so one of the other artwork goals is that it works to balance the stressful nature of the TSA security checkpoint. And I hope that it references the Illuminati like the public art in the Denver airport. That Denver airport. I just got That's done so reading Black awesome. Klansman. Uh-huh. And knowing that one of... This is a tangent, but one of... That's the, what this whole show is. Right? <laughs> that one of the leaders of... Or someone very involved in the KKK got into a political leadership role and that airport was actually dedicated to um, this man. I forget the name of it, but he was very involved with the KKK. And so I wonder, are some of these conspiracy theories because of the KKK? I mean, that horse is so devilish. Is it, there something it did fall, there? It, it did kill the artist. <laughs> it did? The horse? That's, that's yeah. true, it did? Yeah. yeah during, the, during, the, during the construction of the horse, it fell over and, and, and crushed the artist. And so, yeah, he was his his sculpture fell on him and killed him. Is the Denver airport haunted? Um, by long TSA lines, in my experience, yes. <laughs> um, but I, you know, when I lived, so no, the Denver airport's great, and everything about Denver's great, and everybody should live there and not here. The end. Is that that's, your is that your <laughs> is that your theory to keep housing and people out of Utah? That's exactly it. Uh, right. Go to Denver. That's right. The mountains are so close in Denver. Why wouldn't you want to go there? <laughs> Yeah, there's the, there's the Platte River, the North Platte. Beautiful, a beautiful waterway. Scenic beauty. Uh-huh. It's phenomenal because, I mean, I lived in, I left Boulder in 2006 or 2007. So that airport's been open for a while. The new, the new airport's not so new anymore. Um, mm. Oh, so my point with it, so it's right outside the TSA area where you're collecting your bags and going. So... Thinking about a place that perhaps has congestion and you move want to move people through, would you want something anti-selfie worthy because you want them to not clog the space? Mm. Mm. I mean, yes. I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a. It's okay, Cat Nick said yes uh, for all of you people listening. Oh boy. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but I mean, it's something that the art design board will take into consideration. I mean, I don't know if we want something where it's interactive by any means because of exactly what you're saying, that we've got to get a high amount of people on to the next thing. But also, is it something that can benefit them while they're waiting in line? And does it balance that energy and provide a calming effect? And can they enjoy it while they're in, in line? So I think it's going to be a balance. Other opportunities, though, I'm going to keep on going. Mm -hmm. We released last week two, this is a Utah art opportunity only for the Nine Line Bike Park. There's two mural opportunities, one on a shipping container and other on starting block ramps. 
um, we're going to have an info session this air Sunday. Not relevant. Uh, <laughs> Thursday. We, we had an, we had an amazing info session that all sorts of artists showed up at, right? We provided so much information at this info session. Um, but that opportunity, the airport opportunity closes April 17th. So we're a little bit more than a week away. We're just about a week. Nope. By the time you listen, less than a week. Um, closes April 17th and the Nine Line Murals closes May 4th. And then we also just opened up another opportunity yesterday, the Glendale Park Public Art Project. I love Glendale Park. I do too. West Side. Oh boy. Um, West Side. Don't do that don't, anymore. Don't do that. Don't ever Christian. do that again. It's upsetting. <laughs> um, All right. Glendale Park Public Art Project. It's also a national call, and this is a great opportunity because there is a um, architecture design consultant firm, landscape architect design consultant firm that um, the artist or artist-led team will be able to work with and really integrate their artwork into the site. Some of the artwork goals are we hoping that it's interactive. There's also a really strong community in Glendale, and there's some caretakers of the tennis court next door, so we're hoping that some community engagement is required for this project. Um, it's not required, but we hope that the artists will explore that. So really some exciting opportunities. And then we're also in the process. I think next week we'll be releasing a temporary art project on Block 70. It's a commission amount for $20,000. I don't think people know what Block 70 is. Oh, yes. Block 70 is around Main Street and State Street and 1st and 2nd South. So Regent Street cuts through that. It's a mid-block connection. And we just want to draw people into that space and activate it. And there's going to be a lot going on there this summer. The Busker Fest, some programming for the UN. So it'll be a really exciting thing to have your artwork there. So we've got five different opportunities that will be open shortly and what is the website where people can get more information about these saltlakepublicart.org so um, saltlakepublicart.com taken yeah, I think I'll... JK, I'm, I'm just Oh, being. boy. SaltLakeArts.org, SaltLakePublicArt.org. Just go to the website, the Call for Artists page. And um, we've got a little bit of something for everyone. Some beginning, you know, opportunities to get involved in our public art process. Some really sizable commissions. Opportunities for local artists only. Opportunities nationally. We've got a lot going on. It's exciting. You know, I see Austin working about... So, Cat, uh, after us is the movie zone. So, this is a two-hour power block of arts and culture. And so, Austin is here getting ready to settle in for the movie zone. And so, we ask him uh, every week to sort of uh, drop in a little bit of his movie uh, tidbits. And so, um, I know we've done this before, but Cat, Cat's uh, new here. So, Cat, do you have a favorite movie um, that revolves perhaps around art? Not necessarily public art, but just around art in general. You know, something having to do something artsy having to do with art, um, like the Thomas Crown Affair. Can I take the Thomas Crown Affair? I think you just did. Okay, like you know, like Thomas Crown Affair, for instance. Like, I love the Thomas Crown Affair. Uh-huh. Wow. That would require, I think, for me, some thinking. But okay. I saw a movie Sunday. What was it? nothing to do with arts and culture, but I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, get, let's have Tal. We'll have Talon and Christy do there. So you have, you have 20 seconds. to think about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Christy, do you have a favorite art-themed film? I wouldn't say it's my favorite, mm-hmm. 
But I did watch Velvet Buzzsaw on Netflix <gasps> during it's a so snow day, strange. and it was bizarrely awesome. Having worked in the in the contemporary art world for a short period of time, um, I think I enjoyed it. And that is my recommendation. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it. And um, yeah, Yeah, it was something. Uh, Tell him. Do I need to pick one that's about art or kind of that in itself is artsy? Oh. oh the talent softer side. No. next level. Yeah, I am. Uh, no, I want to know what you think is, I mean, is this like my left foot? Like, what are we talking here? No, I was th- like, the, I was struggling to f- think of one that's like about, because we have talked about this before, uh, mm-hmm. like this kind of movie before, and I didn't want to just rehash the same ones that we talked about, mm-hmm. like Monuments Men or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, oh, uh, that's a good one. But, uh, like, one that I think is really artsy in itself is, uh, that I really like is La La Land. Oh. oh. Is it the cinematography? Musicals? The cinematography, the, the, the music feel, the, just kind of the outstanding visuals about mm. it. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's my favorite work by a key grip in any movie. The best boy. The best boy, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know what a key grip does, but I mean, I feel like they did a good job in that. I know what a best boy does. I don't <laughs> actually know that. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, okay, Kat. Um, this is embarrassing, but I'm just totally blinking. Okay. What movie did you see this weekend that you liked? Thank you. It, what came to my head was also Harold and Maude from the 1970s. Oh. Once Talon said, maybe artistic in nature. Uh-huh. Why That's is it? my head going there? I don't know. I don't know, but... I'll take what it. What did you see this weekend? It's called Mustang. Mustangs at the Broadway. Oh. It's about... Well, that's, an art, that's our art house, so that's... Maybe that's where you went. Yeah, that's it is it. our art house cinema, thanks mm-hmm. to the Salt Lake Film Society. Yeah, it was about um, how some correctional facilities have um, programs to break wild Mustangs and mm-hmm. then auction them off into police forces or things like that. And is it was that a documentary? No, but I think it's it, it's a fictional story, but I think it's based off some of the programs that have this like states like Wyoming and mm. some western states. Not they Utah though. Yeah, they don't have the, the herds of wild horses roaming through Florida. <laughs> they have Florida man. Uh, All right. Well, Austin, thank you for hanging out. And I tried to wrangle this into art-related films, but at this point, it's just a film that stirs your soul, just like art stirs your soul. It's stirred. It's stirred. And and Austin is often stirred. If it's it's a a movie that stirred our soul, I would like to go back to what I said previously about the Mr. Rogers documentary, please. (laughs) All right, Austin, uh, what what stirs Austin's soul? Well, thank you, team. Thanks for a few moments here. We're excited to get the Movie Zone going, coming over the top of the hour. This week, we're talking about a few movies, one in particular called Missing Link. It's uh, one of these computer-animated shows uh, starring Zach Galifianakis, Hugh Jackman, Zoe Saldana, Timothy Oliphant, Emma Thompson, uh, about a, mis- a mythical creature that resembles uh, the foretold lore of Sasquatch. Uh, and his uh, relatives trying to find their way. It's pretty funny. It's rated 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll talk about that. And therefore, the poll question this week is, name us your favorite movie that involves mythical or lore characters. 
characters of lore. So let us know at Austin Horton, at AP Lizer on the old Twitter. But to answer your question, films that are artsy or of the arts, a few come to mind. SSC Punk jumps right out at me since it was made about and in this city. Uh, Woman in Gold, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, is pretty is really good very underrated Tony Parks and my mother of all uh, people turned me on to that one Monuments Men it's an okay movie but it has to do with art how to sell a Banksy anything with Banksy is fascinating how he's able or she I don't know if it's a he or she is able to trick everybody into into everything they do and then the god of all art Bob Ross, Beauty is Everywhere, 1991. Check it out, a collection of the best of Bob Ross. All right, The Movie Zone comes your way at the top of the hour. Back to you guys. <laughs> so, Goonies 2, Return of the Goonies. That's not what I was expecting, but a fine quality film. Goonies never say die. They never say die. Uh, Christy, I believe you uh, you are you are giving me the, the I have a question uh, well, yeah. raised finger. I'm very concerned because I know that we are entering wedding season and I know this because I feel like it has been about a year since we had our divorcees talk about weddings uh, radio hour and so my concern is that their talent was given a deadline of one year to get hitched for a free wedding dress and so I just don't want to let this bargain of a lifetime opportunity pass him by without doing my due diligence and saying, hey, Talon, how's it going with your girlfriend? Well, uh, just like in school, uh, I procrastinate everything, leave it all to the last minute. I, too, am deadline-driven. But, uh, you know, I just don't think I'm going to make this one, which has nothing to do with how we're doing. We're doing great, but don't think I'm going to hit that deadline, so sorry, editor. Uh Have you you even gone and taken a couple selfie in front of some public art somewhere? Yes, we have. Oh, no. Oh. oh, why didn't we use this hook in the beginning? And, Which and one? Do tell us. Uh, well, obviously, there's the, the note statue outside the uh, e- northeast entrance of the stadium. Of this arena. Isn't yes. that, that's work related, isn't it? it? It's still public art. Yeah. Talon does what he loves. When you find what you love, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> she. <laughs> I wonder, is that a real thing? That's a I mean, thing people who don't know better that's say. Why okay, I wonder, is it is it a real thing or is it just depend on the person? Like, they just view reality completely different. You know, Kat, I used Kat to get... Kat loves public art, and so it's not even a job for yeah. her. I used that's to get paid to literally go to concerts, and it still feels like work. Okay, this yeah, is helpful for work. me. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've thought of a bunch of movies since then. I just going <laughs> to let you know. Uh, okay, Talon, uh, how about a non-work-related public art? Uh, she got her obligatory selfie of the angel wings by the gateway oh yeah the oh, angel wings I one of those yeah. too the other day right next to the donovan mitchell bridge oh yeah there's an yeah. interesting public art and yeah, now uh-huh. that yeah now there's a bunch of public arts just right there with that included uh-huh. public arts the all the public arts all the arts uh yeah well you know the the wing statue that's one of those ones that communities have to have they have one in nashville they have one in florida so um, i want to go back to talon's girlfriend though because real quick i, I also took her to Gil- gilgal gardens Oh, oh nice. Gilgal Gardens. Wow, that that good surprise because there, you buddy. found out about that on this very radio show. Yes, I did, and thank you. Did, did it live it. up? Oh yeah, yeah I, I, t- I took actually took a couple dates there before <gasps> I met her. As Don't well. tell her oh, what. Oh, drop, that. drop that. Drop that. It. Drop it. I know she listens <laughs> to this show. And ne- next, you're going to tell me you-, you told her she was the first one to have a candy cane teeny with you. Oh, 
Oh, no. oh man. Oh, if that were the case, no. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, da- Talon, Talon's favorite drink. Listen, you, buddy, I want you to move at your own pace, and I don't want you to feel pressure because of this like free wedding dress thing. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't? I don't. I don't. No way. So, what I'm going to offer you is the following. I cannot offer you a free wedding dress. Oh, you know what? I have one in the basement of my ex-husband's house. She can have if she wants it. But I'm still willing when it comes time for you and Mrs. Wright to, um, I'll pitch in with Christian and we'll still do the suit. Yeah, I agree with that. We'll get you a suit. We'll do the suit. Because of all you've meant to us. You mean a lot to us, even though you never go out for drinks with us and you never hang out with us outside and of the radio show. we've invited you so many times. I think Stephen offered to even buy you, like, Takashi. Yeah. I know. Wow. Still... I, did, I thought he just offered edamame. No. no the whole thing. It was the whole, the whole thing. thing. And Stephen wants to go on double dates with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all want to hang out with you all the time, but you're too cool for us. What's your reservation, Talon? My reservation is that I'm either here home trying to get some sleep up at Rice Eccles Stadium or uh, anywhere from Logan to Provo doing remotes typically. Uh, yeah, always uh, an excuse. All work, no play. Yeah. All right, Kat, we're going into the last segment of the show, if you can believe it. Uh, so every time we have a guest on, I always ask them, because I think Utah does a really good job of getting tourists to fly to Utah into Salt Lake City, but then having them go out to the national parks. And I think they should hang around Salt Lake City because we have a lot of cool arts and culture here. And so I wish we would market Salt Lake as an amazing cultural destination. And so what I ask everybody to do is to be a concierge. And like you have a, let's say you have a cousin in from out of town and you're going to walk them through a day of the cultural offerings of Salt Lake City, the greater Salt Lake Metroplex. Walk me through the day that you would plan for this mythical person. Hmm. Interesting. You know, a little, some food, some bevs, some activities, some yeah. sights. Well, one that does come to mind is not in Salt Lake, but I'll save that for later. Um, I love the Roses brunch, so we would probably go to the Rose. The Rose Establishment? The Rose Establishment. Okay, which is a coffee shop on 400 West and between 2nd and 3rd South. Yeah, great environment, delicious food, just a really nice atmosphere. Then, um, I don't think, I mean, I love going to matinees as well. So, and I love the Tower Theater. I love the Broadway Theater. I love our local theaters here. I think they're awesome. So somewhere in the day, we would definitely go to the Tower Theater. Um, maybe in the evening. I don't know. Um, whenever. Um, let's see. Some drinks I love. I think Copper Common makes a mean cocktail. Mm-hmm. Water Witch does a good job. I'm sure you mention Water Witch all the time. Yeah, from time to time. Mm, they've, they've, they've made an appearance on the show. Mm, sure. Um, let's see. There's always, I mean, we have so many. Last year with the public art program, we did the Granary Mural um, grant program. And so there's 11 large-scale murals in the Granary District, which is also a really fun neighborhood to hang out. They've got Kilby Court down there, Ruby Snap Cookies, which is super delicious. The Ninth and Ninth area is super fun, um, just so it's walkable and kind of arch-driven. So I think that's a fun neighborhood to go and see. Gilgal Gardens, I think, mm-hmm. is an unexpected treat for talent, visitors. Talent could be taking any any date there mm-hmm. at any given time. Yeah. yeah. I think I have one tomorrow. <laughs> uh, wait, I thought he was too busy to hang out with us. I know. Yeah. That's what I was no, going to say. Be, like, no, I'll be here tomorrow doing one show and then filling in on the bee's double header because it's raining right now. So, When am I going to be the queen bee? I, I will say again, 
I don't know how where why do you think I have so much power to make this happen? Has there ever been an opportunity in which you say, you know, who would be really good at being a bees announcer? Christy Marcy. I, I I think that'd be true. Unfortunately, the person who calls the Bees games um, is pretty set on him doing it by himself. Have you watched Brockmeyer? Because it's kind of like that. I yeah. I have not. I've yet to seen that. What channel is it on? I I know what it H, is, but I haven't H, seen it. I think it. it's is it HBO. Anyway, no, um, I think it's one of the other movie AMC. channels. Uh, any other last requ- any other last highlights, Cat? Mm, maybe a bike ride along the Jordan River Parkway. Like, all right, you know, I want you to know that you're the only guest that has never said go to Umoka, so which is a little bit. And you should probably go to Umoka. <laughs> we need to just work there once upon a time. JK, hey, Kat, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Um, what is the website for public art? SaltLakePublicArts.org. Well, thank you for spending an hour with us. You've been listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This has been SLC Culture. Thanks to Kat Nix for coming in. Uh, Christy Marcy, pleasure as always. Talon, you are. Our rock. Please start referring to me as the Queen Bee. I all want right, it to Queen be Johnson. a self-fulfilling prophecy. Queen Bee. All right, we will see you all next week when we're going to be talking some jazz playoffs.